Okay, so welcome to um, episode nine, I believe, of the Little Bear Bob podcast. We've broken the... I was going to say something really nasty there, but I won't actually go... (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've broken the magic number, number seven, and we're now... uh, Wing our way to podcast stardom. Woo! Um, today we have a really special guest with us, Dr. James Sadik. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Sadok. Sadok. Yeah. Beg your pardon. Sadok. Um, I think I might have been spelling it wrong as well. Okay. Do apologize. Apology accepted. <laughs> um, and he is going to be talking to us about um, your questions about healthcare for kids, Barnacutin, which is directly translated to kids emergency i think yes yes um and yeah so welcome thank you nice to be here mm-hmm. on this lovely day <laughs> it's a bit miserable i have to be honest yeah. anyway um so you want to tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words um sure uh my name is james and i've been in stockholm with my family for about four years now mm-hmm. and i moved from new york city where i grew up and uh, worked as uh, an ER doctor there as an emergency physician for most of my career in medicine Mm -hmm. um, for almost 20 years in all the big hospitals there. Yep. So... And that's it. Of course, you know, I have this whole fantasy about, you know, ER and, you know, all that. Yes. It's not like that, though, is it? Um, Not so much. Not so much love affairs in in the closets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the medicine isn't always accreate, but... My gray, gets, my gray's fantasy is just shot straight out the window. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, yeah. So you, why did you move here? Why did you come to Stockholm? For my wife. My wife is Danish, so we're both expats here. And mm-hmm. she was asked to relocate back to the Nordic area. And it was a choice between Copenhagen and Stockholm. And hmm. for whatever reason, we chose Stockholm. I think I knew more people here and the language is easier. Yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful city. Yeah. So we've yeah. been here for four years, and that's why we came. Mm-hmm. I'd been in New York almost 50 years, and I was ready to God. for a change. Though it's fun to visit. Yeah. People always ask, why did a New Yorker move to Stockholm? But there are things here that are really nice. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I moved from London. I was like, I'm, yeah. Right. London is great to visit. Fun. That's right. Great, good times, but... Yeah, not with a family or with a... And I, I completely understand that. So now you're uh, in Stockholm. Yeah. And uh, still practicing or... Yeah, I got my Swedish license, which was a long involved process, mm-hmm. um, especially if you come from outside the European Union. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and I had to learn a language test, learn a, learn the language and pass a <laughs> test rather. Um, so I get by in Swedish. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely not great by yeah. any means, but yeah. I can I can make it. Yeah, it gets better every day. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm licensed here as a physician now and mm-hmm. working away. Cool. Well, yeah. thank you. And and it, you, it was actually you dropped us a line and said, "Love what you do. Love what Little Bear Broad's done for us as a family. How do you how do you feel about you know collaborating? Get you know working together to answer some of the questions that I get." asked on a daily basis that's right because i get asked questions all the time yeah. on a daily basis yeah. from people around here and i thought your readers and now listeners mm-hmm. might appreciate um something like this absolutely so. and i and it's funny because when you got in touch with us it just so happened that we were actually 
like on the lookout for somebody that we could get this information from or ask questions to and stuff like that. Because we do get a lot of questions from people asking about, you know, day-to-day stuff. Right. Is there a replacement for that? What does this mean? How do I deal with that? Yeah. Where, where do I go for this? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And kids so, are scary. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Terrifying. You, you, have, you, you, have, you have one and a half. You've got one on the uh, way. One on the, one on the way <laughs> soon, any day now. My phone is on in case my wife calls me and says it's go time. And a two-year-old uh-huh. running uh-huh. around yeah. at doggies. Yeah. God bless doggies. God bless doggies. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Um, so, yeah, so today we, in advance of today, we asked our listeners, readers, for their questions about... Kid stuff. Kid stuff, healthcare, you know, what day-to-day stuff. Um, but what, what, I mean, what kind of questions do you get asked when you're, when you're at work? Oh, um, all types of things. Fever is a big one. Mm-hmm. What should we do about the fever? The fever is not coming down quickly. What type of medicine should we use? Should, yeah. we, should we just give Epran or should we use Alvedon or Rotate? Um, lots of kids bump their heads, so we get a lot of kids, yeah. a lot of questions about head trauma and what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, vomiting, diarrhea, that's Ooh, a big that one. big classic. Right? <laughs> Tis the season. Oh, yeah. So that's one. And then runny noses and viruses and all those types of things. So just everything. That's there's the no, basic stuff. Yeah. Then there's the sick stuff. Like I'm my, so I'm an ER doctor by trade, which, and I also take care of children. That's part of my training and my practice. But my expertise is in life or death stuff and resuscitation. Yeah. But that's the m- minority of people that I yeah. see. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we get a lot of other types yeah. of questions about the basic kid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it. But yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's the life or death stuff that you are. More comfortable with, ironically. <laughs> ironically. <laughs> right? <laughs> Funny how uh, so life works. <laughs> so you're going out on a limb here, <laughs> just yeah, talking about the, the day-to-day right. stuff. <laughs> okay, I'll do well, my best. <laughs> so <clears throat> let's get started. We have a couple of questions here, and I'm just going to read them out. So the first question is from uh, uh, Neil, who lives in Stockholm. Um, And I'm actually going to read the whole question out because it's quite funny. Um, So Neil says, uh, one thing I'd love to hear is some advice on how to counter all the facts, inverted commas, that usually grandmas tend to come out with, with regards to health. In particular, things like, you'll get a cold if your feet get wet, and you'll be sick if you go out without a coat on, even for like 30 seconds or something. Um, Any really good sources of facts that we could could point these well-meaning grandmothers to that clearly indicate that viruses that cause illness and not temperature, any good ways of how to deal with conversations and advice in general when it comes to questions of health. Mm, very interesting. I, I have myself dealt with the... Stay away from grandma. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's no, my it's answer. Just especially this whole, I have this obsession with Swedes and hats. Like they're obsessed with children wearing hats because they think they're going to, you know, get a cold if they don't wear a hat. Yeah. Um, so the You're common, probably going to tell me that's right now. No, it's, I mean, it's a great question. We hear it all the time, and I wonder about it sometimes too, but the common teaching is cold doesn't cause colds. Yeah. So It causes hypothermia. But it no. can, and that can cause sickness. So that's, you answered the question. There you go. So that's, that's my, my take on it. But, I mean, hypothermia is a pretty extreme. Yeah, hypothermia is bad. <laughs> yeah. So basically, anything that stresses your immune system and weakens it, Okay. And that can be a lot of different things from medical conditions like diabetes to medications like mm-hmm. steroids or mm-hmm. cancer mm-hmm. treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, 
those all weaken the immune system. If you're tired and sleep deprived, it affects the different hormone levels in your body that can cause some immunosuppression. And then you're more susceptible to viruses. Yeah. But it's the viruses that cause the colds. Okay. The rhinoviruses and the yeah. runny noses and yeah. then sometimes the fevers. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. your body's response at times. So if your body is, 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 is as you say, immunosuppressed because of a number of different reasons, well, you know, we can follow that up later, um, then you're more likely to get a cold than, yeah. than, these, so than these, you normally would do, for right, example. Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So the viruses and the bacteria are around us mm-hmm. all the time. They yeah. live with us and we're exposed to them, and especially kids at doggies. Yeah. Doggies is like a big Petri dish. Yeah. I think my kid was almost home more than he was at doggies the first year, and so was I. <laughs> He's getting stronger, but I'm still recovering from my first virus of the season, which laid me out for all week. They're brutal here. Yeah. And that's another thing for those of us who don't live here. Where these are new mutations. This is something I was going to ask you about, actually, at the end, was that it is this, I've heard a bit of an urban myth about, you know, when you come from a different country or you come, you, you're in a different environment and you, you move in transition, is your body becoming used to different germs, do new viruses, new mutations, new... I mean, is it like a whole process that you have to go through every time? I would say so. Okay. Uh, I'm an evidence-based guy. I can't cite studies on that. But my experience empirically is that when you go to a new place, you're dealing with new strains and mutations. Mm-hmm. And my experience has clearly been that. <laughs> my kid put my, my dad in the hospital when he came to New York with the sweet, the Viking virus, he calls them. Oh, my God. So, um, okay. you know, my dad was in the hospital for four days with a lung infection that he got right from my son. Wow. So I think these viruses are new. I was never this sick when I worked in the States. Yeah, yeah. Maybe in the beginning, and then you develop immunity yeah. to it. Yeah. But I yeah. think they're, they're yeah. powerful. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, think, I think you're right, especially with the extreme, like, you know, ups and downs of temperatures. And, like, mm-hmm. I think for me, it's the big deal about sun. Like not getting enough vitamin D, not having that kind of like, you know, the same levels of vitamin D that I had before. And right. Anyway, we can talk about the, there's a question coming up about how to boost immunity and all that kind of stuff. Okay. I'm sure that will fall under yeah. that one. But back uh, to Neil's question. I'm sorry. Question, I yeah. think cold doesn't cause colds, but it can, if you're stressed and exposed and get too much exposure and you're wet and freezing, um, and you get exposed to the viruses that we normally do, there's a chance that you could get yeah. sick. Yeah. But, Go on. Okay. you know. So, but, so we, but we don't have any resources that we can point in the direction to grandmas or Dr. Grandmas. Google. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good resource. Everything ends in death on Dr. Google. <laughs> All forums. That might, that might actually prove her point, though. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it, my, my answer would be that you can put, you can, we can ex- use you as a resource. Exposed to, to weather is good. Some people say that those there's a couple doggies in town where you spend the whole day in the forest. And all yeah. the people I've talked to who have their kids there say, oh, my kid never got sick. Yeah. Or make sure your kid naps outside. Some of the yeah. daycares will nap them outside and yeah. they never get sick. So there's there's certain wives' tales that are exact opposite of yeah. what Yeah, you know, and I'm, I have to say I'm much more of a believer in those ones than I am of the, you know, <clears throat> Of the, you know, uh, if you don't wear a hat, you'll get a cold. Yeah. Um, so the, the second part of Neil's question goes like this, because mm-hmm. this is a two-parter. He said, also, one that is perhaps more worthy of medical input <laughs> 
is the varicella chickenpox vaccination. It's not part of the vaccination schedule here in Sweden. Good point. Um, so I'd love to hear thoughts on the benefits and drawbacks of taking this particular vaccine and perhaps why it's not part of the vaccine schedule. Um, and... Um, he says that you know there's he's aware that the um the, the anti-vaccine um movement um uh thinks that it shouldn't be part of the the schedule i'm not sure if i would put it quite like that but um, that's a whole separate podcast that's a whole separate podcast <laughs> i don't know if i really want to get into that um um but is there um this is purely an optional vaccine. Not, not. It's not because it's like bad or good or anything. It's just optional. Um, so, um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts? So chickenpox. I see a lot of that at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. I, I imagine the most extreme cases. No, some people come in with their child has a rash and they don't know what it is. Okay. So right. we diagnose a lot of it. Sometimes we see extreme cases, and the extreme cases are usually at the beginning of life. And later in life. Yeah. Um, that's when people can have complications from chicken pox. So the regular chicken pox rash is not something to be super concerned about. Mm-hmm. It comes with mm-hmm. a fever. It itches. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it doesn't cause scarring. Yeah. But it contributes to parents and kids being home for a long time. Because yeah. you're not, uh, you're no longer contagious once all those lesions are fully crusted over. And that can take up to 10 days. Yeah. For the last one. So that's a long time away from work. Um but he's correct. It is not part of the vaccine scheduled in Sweden, mm-hmm. along with several other uh, countries. Mm-hmm. It is in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I think the initial vaccine is around two. And then there's another one, I think, when you're four or five. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. exactly sure of the time. I think that's the same in the Australia as well. I think they have it as part of their schedule. But anyway, yeah. yeah, I believe you can purchase the vaccine independently from a lot of these vaccine shops. Yep. Um, but there is a paper that came out in 2016 uh, in Sweden by Swedes uh, looking at the risk and benefit of introducing the varicella vaccine mm-hmm. into the vaccine schedule. Mm-hmm. And they look at the health burden on the population and they look at the complications. Mm-hmm. And then in a mm-hmm. standardized healthcare mm-hmm. system like mm-hmm. we have in Sweden now, they assess the risk and benefit and determine if it's better for society to introduce that vaccine. The complications, you know, kids can get pneumonia, they can get encephalitis where the infection spreads to the brain, a little type of meningitis. Um, They can scratch and get a super bacterial infection, a super infection on top of the stuff. So, I mean, I think about vaccinating my own child, actually. Yeah. and what do you feel about these? Um, because I'm, 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 we're very fortunate. Stella has already had chickenpox. She she seems to have the immunity of a I don't know buffalo ox or something. But she she after three rounds of chickenpox at her doggist, she eventually got got it. Right. She had a very very mild case of it in terms of um, you know like spots and and so on and so forth. Um, so we're like we don't have to have that kind of conversation. And both Matthias and I have had chickenpox in the past um but i mean what what are the benefits to arranging these kind of chickenpox parties and so on and so forth do you think they're I can't believe my mom used used that term they used to have chicken chickenpox parties the benefits are that you get your child exposed to it um so that they have the immunity so that they don't get the infection when they're older mm-hmm. because when you mm-hmm. are older it's a more severe infection yeah yeah um and, I mean, it's an interesting 
idea. If mm-hmm. you're not going to vaccinate them, then you want them to get exposed to it. Mm-hmm. Not super early. Yeah. I would say definitely after one year old. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Mm. makes sense mm. serve ice cream but i mean it's like but this is the thing where i'm i'm this is i can and i i appreciate <clears throat> doing that kind of thing for something like chicken pox where you know the risks for the multitudes are not that great they're gonna have a couple of weeks of being a bit uncomfortable mm. it could be some time off work for mom and dad da, 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 da. but then when you hear about people who are having parties for things like measles and mumps I just, I that I've blows not, uh, my mind. Yeah, I stay away from the polio parties and the, and the measles parties. I'm like, really? Never heard of those. Um, we've had a lot of measles in Stockholm over yeah. the past year. Yeah. Uh, and in the United States also. Do you think that's linked to the fact that people are refusing or not vaccinating? Uh, I don't know how much of an impact that has. Uh, the vaccine here isn't given until kids are a little bit older. So younger children, if they're exposed to someone with measles, uh, can catch it very easily. Yeah. And there's uh, an increasing population, obviously, of people who are not vaccinated in Stockholm, either from uh, Swedes or people coming yeah. into the country who yeah. don't have the same vaccination protection. So yeah, sure, sure. There's less herd immunity, so there's more measles. Yeah. And measles becomes a little more serious, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Well, that is definitely a whole other podcast. We won't go into that anymore. No that. politics here? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Not just yet. <laughs> That's fine. Maybe, maybe, maybe a bit later on. Um, so I hope that answers um, Neil's question. But I think, um, yeah, it's um, it's being looked into in terms of becoming part of this. It is. And it wouldn't surprise me if they introduce it into the vaccination yeah, schedule. Because that was how the rotavirus vaccine got introduced, wasn't it? You know, it was quite a... I don't know the been... history of it, but I'm yeah. sure there was a consensus. Yeah, Definitely. A popular word here. <laughs> Consensus. Love it. <laughs> um, okay, so we, the next question that we've got is from Melanie, who is in Gothenburg. Woo! We have listeners in Gothenburg. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so Melanie says, um, she's new to Sweden. They've only been here for four months, um, based in Gothenburg. And uh, they have a one-year-old who's currently starting for, for school. Uh, they're in schooling at the moment. <laughs> anyway, bless him. This is his first time starting... <laughs> His first winter in Sweden. <laughs> and he's already got a runny nose. Yes, I'm that like, didn't take long. Oh, Melanie. <laughs> this is just like, <laughs> you, you, you've got no idea what's coming. Um, but she is very smart and she's already using saline flushes. Mm-hmm. And in Australia, they had Vicks. And I think we can get that in the US, can't yeah, you? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Vapor rub. Um, but she's saying uh, there's not anything that's similar to that in Sweden. To the vapor rub. Now, I'm quite happy to answer this question. As Take a it vet- away. As a veteran. Sure. <laughs> I say veteran. My daughter's two. I mean, she's not only older than yours. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, definitely the saline flushes, absolute winner. Um, get rid of all that snot because there are going to be days when your son just has a runny nose and he might not necessarily have a cold. He just has a runny nose. Um, and that's fine. Um, but... With the Vicks Vapor Rub, you can actually get that in the in in Sweden. If you go into apotea.se, which is the online apotheque, um, delivers straight to the door. Um, you can buy the patches, the Vicks Vapor Rub patches for children, for small children, and um, it's not quite as intense as the as as the rub is for adults. So it's quite good for little ones. Uh, um, but I would recommend. 
um, Anez Frida, which I oh, think yes. I recommended to you, actually. I have that. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, you know, you have to have a pretty strong stomach to be able to use it. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I had a demo. I wish I had one with me to demonstrate and take a picture. Um, but it's um, basically you suck the bogies out of your kid's nose. Don't forget the filter. Don't forget <laughs> the filter. <laughs> God. Um, but uh, but it's a really good, especially at nighttime um, when they're trying to get to sleep and you're trying to get to sleep and they don't want to sleep. They can't sleep because they've got a snuffy nose. Um, but nose, yeah, Nesfrida is their winners, and you can pick them up in any good. Apotec on the high street um uh but it's uh definitely a a thing to add to the survival kit for winter um in terms of any other um i can't think, i can't think of anything else that would be useful they do have na- saline like nose sprays right for kids yeah that's the same thing as but basic flushing yeah. just may be easier yeah and it may or may not have preservatives in it yeah yeah but yeah the saline stuff is pretty good i mean it's pretty awful to try and get into their noses but once it's in there it does the job yeah um but other than that just yeah i think you covered it so you get into one of my favorite areas though which is toxicology which is poisoning and you mentioned vapor rub so you always got to be a little careful with those medicines yeah and winter green oil and winter green toxicity um and things like that the american academy of pediatrics i think recently issued new guidelines where they don't recommend any type of cold medicine for, I think now it's under four years old. Oh, wow. It may be two, but I think it's up to four. Um, so that's another question I get asked all the time. Is there cough medicine that I can give my young kid? Yeah. And I always say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to do with the dosing and some of the side effects of yeah. the medications and antihistamines, which can lead to overdose and toxicity. Yeah. So I don't, I, that is an interesting point. I have to say I haven't seen a lot of cough medicines for children on the shelves in apotheques in Sweden. So I I don't think generally there is that much on offer. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm just having, just thinking about my experience of, I mean, I don't, we're fortunate that Stella's never had a a bad, she's had colds and she's had head colds, but she's never had a really bad, like chesty cough or anything like that that's, that's meant that we've had to get. Um, but yeah, I, but the yeah. guidelines are to stay away from that stuff okay. in younger children. Interesting. My, I remember when I was very, very little, my mom used to put vapor rub on my feet. Ah, okay. Not on my chest because I don't know if why. <laughs> Could have been another granny, right. granny, granny That's thing. Right. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, interesting. That's good to know. Didn't know about that. Hmm. Um, okay, so that winter colds, winter viruses and stuff leads us on to the next question quite nicely. Uh, both from, well, two people really asked the same question. Um, Deep Tea and Holly, both from Stockholm, um, asked about strengthening the immune system mm. during the winter months. Uh, Deep Tea said, uh, how to strengthen the immune system? Kids get infections from school. Any particular measures that one can take? Just the... The main stuff to, you know, ironically keep them as strong and healthy as possible, yeah. right? Sleep, good, good nutrition, sleep. make sure they're eating a, a balanced diet if possible. A little bit challenging in some kids who are yeah. picky eaters. Yeah. Um, but the main thing to strengthen their immune system is to strengthen their immune system. And that happens by their repeated exposures to colds. Yeah. So kids you need a certain number of viruses and infections in order to build up the resistance. And the only way through is through. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I wish I had a better answer for that. The only thing I would add to that, and I know this sounds crazy, um, we're trying to get our daughter into a good habit of washing her hands. Yes. That's no, I mean, don't use hand sanitizer. Do not use hand sanitizer or antibacterial soap or anything like that. Just washing hands with soap and water. We're trying to get her to get into a good habit of doing that. Yeah, that's great. Before dinner, you know, after she comes home from Frischkula, outside, right. all that kind of stuff. Right. But Certainly in hospitals, it's the most important thing we can do to reduce the transmission of infection. So mm. hand washing is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's actually a really cool little video that um, Ward Guiden has done for kids washing hands. Oh, yeah? And it's the uh, it's a song that you can sing to the song of uh, Blinkalila Suherna. Okay. Um, so I'll post that in the link to this as well. It's quite funny. Anyway. <laughs> Some of the public health videos have been interesting, the ones I've seen. They're not about hand washing. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure they're not. Oh, dear. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, basically, just to recap, yeah, keep good sleep, trying to get as many vegetables and fruits and good proteins into them, kids, as possible to keep their immune systems up and just a little bit of exposure now and again. Yes, that's that's for, yeah, yeah, probably more than a little bit, unfortunately. Well, but Dagus takes care of that. Right, yes, it does. <laughs> I shouldn't say that Dagus is talking about Dagus as though it's like, filthy it's not it's just no, it's there's the a lot best. It's, it's just you know there's a, a lot, lot of kids, kids <laughs> yeah, <they're and> all. <laughs> they, they. um so this is interesting though but to carry on from that one holly um the second part of that question holly um engstrom asks um should they take probiotics or other vitamins such as fish cod oil and if so which ones oh that's interesting well grandma would say cod oil yeah that's what my mom grew up with mm-hmm. she keeps asking me why don't we give my boy cod oil because it would barf every time yeah that's probably (laughs) why because i love him mom that's why uh the vitamins is an interesting question i think in the first six months breast if you're breastfeeding breast milk should cover it or if you're using formula an iron fortified formula um vitamin d kids do need right away yeah and uh, the dosage changes depending on how old they are. Really? That's yes. interesting because we've not been told that. I mean, we obviously in Sweden, you get given a little bottle of vitamin D every time you go to the BBC or you can buy it in right. the apotheque. But they didn't mention to us that the dosage changes as yeah, they get older. It is my understanding that the dosage, I think, goes from 400 international units when they're up to two, and then it goes up to 600 international units. Those are different measurements. I believe I would you know, have to double-check this. Okay. I'm speaking off the top of my head, but I think so. And then some people say if you live a lat- at a latitude greater than 55 degrees, which we are, that you should take more um, because of the mm. th- low sunlight here. Mm. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't state that any of that on the record, those dosages, without checking and yeah. follow the instructions yeah. on the yeah. box. Ask your doctor. Ask your doctor. Uh, <laughs> but usually kids don't need supplements if they eat uh, yeah. a, a, a fairly well-rounded diet yeah. um, with lots of colors, you know, greens and oranges and whites and browns. And um, Probiotics is interesting. I, I have to admit, I'm slightly skeptical, skeptical about the whole probiotic thing. Yeah. But that's just my personal opinion. There's think. actually a vitamin D in the apotheca in the drugstore that's mixed with probiotics, I think with lactobacillus. You know, um, someone's going to win the Nobel Prize when they discover the reason for Scandinavian children to have one of the highest 
rates of new onset type 1 diabetes in the world, which we have here. Wow. And no one knows why. I don't know the number offhand, but I think it might be like 400% higher than a lot of countries in the rest of the world. Good God. Yeah. So we see that a lot at work too, new onset diabetes in young kids. And no one knows why. And there's a lot of theories. And some people say that it is related to the bacteria in the gut. I thought you were going to say fika. No, it's it's related to fika. (laughs) It's a cinnamon issue. No, I think in uh, Finland, maybe they give, there was a study looking at giving probiotics to babies in the first month of their life and whether or not that reduces the onset of new cases of diabetes. Um, So I don't know what to say about probiotics. Some people use it for their kids when they're really young colicky yeah. babies yeah there yeah. are those drops that. Mm-hmm. that may or may not help mm-hmm. um so that's a really hot topic in a lot of areas now is the gut biome and how that relates to immune mm-hmm. strength mm-hmm. overall mm-hmm. and our overall health yeah. yeah i actually just started taking a massive like probiotic powder that's uh i'm adjusting to my friend recommended. So we're on day four of this trial. Oh, and God. we'll see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. I, that is a, I have never, that's an, I never knew that Sweden suffered from such a, well, yeah, the, epidemic. Of, yeah, the Scandinavian countries have a very high onset of type 1 diabetes, and no one has come up with the answer yet as to why. Wow. Okay. Wow. There you go. Interesting stuff. So maybe probiotics are the answer then. Um, and I think um, uh, this is an interesting question because I have some questions about this, the next question too, that relate to Stella and being you know, personal. Um, but Sarah from Stockholm asked, um, what's okay in terms of food consumption? Can a toddler eat too much? God bless them if they do. Should you think, <laughs> should you think about food over a day, a week, or individual meals? Oh, that's a great question. How to make your kids eat. I, you know, can they eat too much if they become obese, right? If their body mass index yeah, I mean, that's goes the up big too thing, high. Isn't it? You know, you know how it's like. People are very good here at the, the uh, regular pediatric checkups, yeah. tracking weight and height and putting yeah. them on the curve and plotting. So you can get an idea of how your child's doing. Usually more than one standard deviation away from the curve is something to be aware of more than two is something to take a little more seriously yeah so can kid your kid eat too much if they're starting to look you know really chunky and overweight they're probably eating too much Mm. but if they are on their curve and if they look okay and they're active and you know it's just that's just seems okay the only way to really find out is to take a look inside with a blood draw and look at you know all the iron levels and see if they're anemic and stuff but Mm. i don't we don't do that regularly and don't Mm -mm. recommend it no yeah and kids their eating pattern varies so much you know if they're going through a growth spurt or if they are going through a new phase where they like one type of food that they used to hate and hate a type of food they used to love so it is really tricky when they're that age and they're it's not just it's not actually just about like you know their tummies it's about all sorts of weird developmental control issues and yeah yeah so obesity is something to look out for and yeah, I mean, signs my, some of malnutrition and low energy. Otherwise, just do do the best. Keep you can. going, keep going. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, sometimes Stella eats like a it's going out of fashion, and then some days it's you know she she has a banana for breakfast and a few bits of carrot for dinner, and that's it. You know, right. she doesn't 
And you do the best you can with giving good nutrition, you mm -hmm. know, try to stay away from as processed foods as much as you can. Yeah. When we first had our kid, we we're like, we're going to make all their food and it's only going to be eco and everything's going to be perfect. And then life happens and you're might nuking the frozen meatballs. You do the, you know, you, you pick your battles, right? You pick <laughs> exactly. your battles. So. Oh, we're all about the yeah. We're all about the core of pasta in our yeah. house. No, oh, yeah, it's fine. Um, cool. So, so yeah, just just keep you know keep an eye on their weight, their activity, their levels of energy, and you know if you notice any differences, that's when you should be worried. Not right. not not necessarily about how much food they're putting into their mouth. Right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, and uh, the next question we've got is from Jude um, in Stockholm. And she asks quite an interesting one. I've never really, I've never thought about this question before. Uh, but why do toddlers often walk on their tippy toes? Huh. Um, is it a flat foot arch problem? Or, and what do you do about it, if anything? That's interesting. Yeah, we see kids walking on their toes all the time. Um, kids like to have fun and experiment. They run, they hop, they skip, they toe walk. And usually that's not a big deal mm -hmm. um, until it is basically so toe walking is usually normal and it's a sign of development and kids playing around but if you notice that at like age two they're only toe walking exclusively toe walking then it's probably worth getting checked out okay um exclusive toe walking can be a sign of uh, developmental delay can be associated with autism it can be from a short achilles tendon uh -huh. um so if you notice that your kid is only walking on their toes it's worth having a developmental milestone checkup looking at language and other developmental mm -hmm. markers to make sure that they're developmental developing appropriately cool yeah okay. i hope i didn't terrify a lot of people no. who are now <laughs> no, they see their kid on their go, toes oh my god it's going to be a rush to the ward central <laughs> or the er no no don't don't i'm sure it's fine I'm it's sure like it's every okay. everything is normal until it isn't right yeah. everything is fine in life until it isn't so toe walking is usually normal but if it's prolonged and exclusive then it's worth getting checked mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. yeah i think the the emphasis on exclusive right you know as in if they're doing it like for a couple of hours a day it's not that big deal but if they're doing it like all the time right yeah cool okay well that's there all we, the questions well, that i've got there we go yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that comes up that's worth mentioning. Oh, um, I did have a question and this is something I wasn't really certain about whether or not I should bring up. But okay. you and I don't you and I am is maybe this about Trump? God no. <laughs> Do you know that's the first time that anybody has mentioned that word on this podcast? I'm sorry. No, 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 it's okay. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's just uh, I'm I'm quite impressed that yeah. Well, we were I wasn't going to entertain a conversation about him one way or the other. I was just, you know, just see what would happen if you said it. Just see what would <laughs> Too bad it's not a call-in show. Well, funnily enough, <laughs> the funnily phones enough. are ringing off the hook. <laughs> funnily enough, no, no, I'm kidding. Um, but no, the, the, what I did want to talk to you about this is, um, I think it's really funny at this time of year. Um, uh, the Swedish um, press like to start getting their knickers in a twist about something which I find personally quite difficult to deal with because I can't of wait my to hear this. personal. I have a bit of a weird phobia about it. But Vinterkrekhuk. What's that? <gasps> oh my God, do you not know what Vinterkrekhuk is? I'm, I'm doing my Swedish and I think winter vomiting sickness. Yes, well okay. done. Thank you. Yes. Um, so this is a, a seasonal, obviously, uh -huh. um, a tummy bug that goes around. In the UK, it's called norovirus. Right, sure. Um, or winter vomiting bug or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, they, every time, every point at this time of year, they, they, I mean, it's like, it's almost like some sort of propaganda that goes out about this, this bug. Now, I, 
I know it's a bad, it's, it's bad in terms of tummy bugs and, and, you know, things like that. It's, it's a particularly nasty one. Um, but, you know, in terms of, in, gen, in the whole general, you know, tummy bug situation with kids, um, is there anything that we can do to prevent, you know, kids from getting them? Or? Hand washing. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the old fecal veneer theory. I'm oh, not sure if wonderful. you've ever heard that. It sounds delightful. That the world is covered in a micro layer of feces, yeah. poops. This is doing that. wonders for my germ phobia, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, it's okay. I've so, hand washing. Got my hand sanitizer there in you the go. bag. <laughs> yeah, the old gastroenteritis, vomiting yeah. and diarrhea. Yeah. I have never had it. Seriously? Yes. Uh, I'm sure Good I'll Lord. get it soon. Uh, I get a lot of the cold and cough stuff and sore throats, yeah. but I've never had that. I'm sure as a family we'll get it. Ooh, it's good luck. <laughs> um, hand washing, super contagious. Yeah. Really contagious. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, it lasts, because that's the thing, the bug, the bug lasts for, for ages. That's the thing. It's not just that it, you know, like a cold virus disappears in like six hours or something on a hard surface. But I thing, don't know how long it, oh the God, norovirus I'm lasts on showing, a surface. Showing my germ phobia knowledge here <laughs> i do a lot of not a lot but some work on these ship expeditions up into greenland and the arctic and antarctica and it's a big concern on those ships so yeah. we have like every, most cruise ships no well, not you know yeah the large cruise ships they, <sighs> yeah they can it can be terrible um and back to doggies Yay! it can be all over the place so hand sanitizer is just the most important thing and you don't think about it but after you open the door on your way out and touch your stroller there it is you know so we're having a november baby which is exciting and terrifying you know the first 28 days of life are really important and you don't want your kids to have a fever because they need big workups at that age Mm -hmm. and fever at that age is anything greater than 100.4 or 38 degrees centigrade and get to the hospital so i keep telling my wife hand sanitizer Hand but sanitizer. washing hands more importantly as well. And, cause I, I actually don't know about that. Uh, we use hands. Some people say if, if you see visibly soiled hands, wash your hands. Otherwise, you can use san- hand sanitizer as long as the alcohol concentration is greater than 60%. Yeah. The key thing is with both of them, people don't know how to do it properly. And maybe that's what that video is. Yeah. It has to be for a certain amount of time. And you have to go over and under your fingers and between yeah. them yeah. on your nails. Yeah. And yeah. That's exactly it's more right. than just a... Hey, Doe, we're done. Yeah, 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 yeah. I constantly keep telling my husband that as well, and it drives me insane. Anyway, mm. um, yeah. So that's the the real germ phobia, phobia me coming out. Um, but it's um, I yeah. It's my it's the thing that makes me dread winter the most is the gastroenteritis. Okay, sounds like you've been through it. N- not um, we. Well, we did when Stella was about nine months old. We all got it. And that, oh. that was in February. That was a pretty horrific February. Okay. Um, but, it, but that was the first time for like a very, very, very long time. I, I remember getting it regularly when I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I've built up some kind of immune system. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work you like can that. only hope. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. But then you hear hope. about these amazing people who have like a complete immunity to... Tummy bugs. Yeah, that's a whole nother, you know, what causes immunity and C-sections versus vaginal births and oh my gosh. exposure to antibiotics <laughs> as a kid and 
who knows the way the immune system works. It's complicated, and I wish I had a stronger one. Um, But I wasn't breastfed. And oh, that's not. Don't don't go into that. Oh, don't go into that conversation with no, me about that. Don't. No, okay. no, no, no. We can have that fight a different day. All right. <laughs> um, Who knows if that's related or not? I have no idea. Yeah. There's all types of theories about everything, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, by the way, I just like to say I don't believe that breastfeeding is ex- you know just the way that you can feed babies. Oh, uh, listen, we we mix it up too. So, I don't mean to. Don't, argue with don't you on start that, that fight. You, I just bought the, form, <laughs> the formula this morning to prepare for Absolutely. sleep. That's for one sleep, thing I that's found, thing. that the, the little bit of yes. formula before bed. Yes, it can, just is perfect. Yeah, exactly. I'm a big, help. big believer in that. I'm like, like, absolutely. Just stick that bottle in there before you go to bed that's and you right. are set. All the mistakes we made with baby number one, we're going to try to fix isn't it with the way, baby though? number two. Yeah, God. Isn't hopefully it, like, it will work. Well, we'll see about that. We'll, we'll, get, we'll, about we'll catch that. up with you in a few weeks' time and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you for listening to um, this episode um, with James. Um, it's been a total pleasure. My pleasure, too. Thank really, you so really much for fun. having me. And uh, we hope to do it again. I mean, I know you've got a lot of things happening in your life coming up, but uh, we'll try and uh, book some time in with you very soon. That would be great. You uh, haven't seen all the people walking behind you watching us, have you? Because no. I'm looking out the window and you're not. Oh, and really? Some people have been very interested in what are these what are these people doing are they famous it's a bit like being like it's like the morning shows in america isn't that's it? right yeah. i hope that class is bulletproof <laughs> okay well uh, yeah thank you again and uh, as before as we always say uh, you can follow us on instagram facebook and uh, check out the littlebearbroad.com webpage bye bye